Welcome. Kayleen McCaw here in the heart of Wildwood Gardens, heading out into the mystic. And in service to that call, I light the cup of joy that it may burn between us. Let this image activate our sacred imagination that this burn within our hearts and be the shield, the protection, and the divine feminine power that we need to make it through these stormy waters so that when we reach the other side, we will reach a world that has been waiting for us and welcomes us with open arms. The mystic, the place where the rules that operate behind the rules are in full effect. The mystic, the place that the ancients have been telling us about for the longest time, and now we find ourselves living in. So the purpose of this series of conversations is to demonstrate how to have conversations. Because <laughs> we have been raised in a world where we think news is when you beat somebody up as badly as you possibly can in public and hope for tears and humiliation and maybe blood, because that'll sell ads. Today, I am heading into the mystic with my cousin, Joni Navinger whom I have not spoken to in years and years and years. And we're doing this in real time because I just felt like it was important. I know she's awesome. I know we have similar ideas on some level about what's really going on in terms of who's in charge here and where it might head up. I can feel that in my heart. But other than that, I don't know where she's at. So we're gonna find that out together. Welcome, Joni. Hi, Kayleen. Wow. I could smell your Palo Santo from here. I burn it all the time, too. Thank you. Absolutely. Gosh. It hasn't been years and years. I mean, I have a memory a couple of years ago of talking to you when I was out in my garden and we had a long conversation, but I'm sure it was awesome then as it will be today. Yes. Time gets away from me. I know. <laughs> yeah, gosh. So uh, I'm in Sarasota, Florida, and Joni is in Seattle. Yes. So when we were uh, living in the same place, I was in Seattle because we're both from Washington originally. Uh, it was, gosh, late 80s when the first wave of feminist spirituality was really kind of taken off. Um, and I was recently taken back to those days because I ran into somebody who remembered the magazine that I was working on at the time, the Beltane Papers. And wow, it's like I haven't been in that world for the longest time. And it was just just so beautiful. Uh, I remember back then we were, we were kind of waking up at the same time to this larger purpose and these deeper identities and these more beautiful powers that are operating in the world. How's that? How's that operating in your life now? Well, it's deepened, that's for sure. And um, right now I'm really understanding, at that time, I think I wanted it all to happen right now. Mm. And I didn't understand what a long journey it really is. And with this time of quiet 
and I'm not going to work. My husband, David, goes out and still does gardening, but I'm staying home. So I'm really getting to be here with myself, with my garden and all of the stuff that's coming to me about how I live my daily life because mm-hmm. I don't have to go anywhere. Right. So um, I am really enjoying spending time in the garden and following what you like to call guidance on demand. <laughs> so I'll go outside and it's like, what should I do now? Mm-hmm. And then it's like, oh, weed this. Oh, do that. Oh, plant this. Oh, tend to the animals that are out there. Oh, squirrel needs food. Oh, birds need food. Oh, rabbit and chicken. And so I'm loving it. It's nice. Yeah. And as far as um, feminine spirituality, I think where I live most with that is with the herbs, mm-hmm. with the plants, and all of my medicine making that I do with them. Tell me so more about that. Well, um, I make flower essences. I've been making them for about five years. Um, for your audience here, flower essences were developed by Edward Bach in the 30s. Mm-hmm. And then a lot of people make them now and are way beyond the original 38 that he did. Mm-hmm. So on a nice sunny day, and I line them up with astrology. So I kind of like tune into the plant and what's it really about. And then if the sun is out on that day, I go pick flowers and put them in one of my crystal glasses and put purified water over them and turn them into, um, they work on your soul is what they do. And mostly I just use them on myself. I will someday have a website but that hasn't happened. And I give them to friends too. Hey, you want to try some of this? Just put it in your water. Mm -hmm. So I think that's been really helpful in my journey because I'm taking that plant medicine in on that vibrational level every day. Yeah. And um, the other day out in our alley, um, we don't have apple trees, but I noticed there's a, there's a, an apple tree blossoming and it was like hey make some medicine out of me and it was like okay next day sunshine okay i can do it so it it works that way too it's not like i decide i'm gonna do this Mm -hmm. i notice something it catches my attention i notice i'd seen somewhere that white clover is really good for um the root chakra Mm -hmm. and the other day on my trip back from the mailbox i saw some white clover going here I am. When are we going to party? <laughs> so it's that kind of a in the moment thing that's really happening. Yeah. The, the, all of those um, natural abilities are really kind of coming to the forefront. I mean, if, if you're yeah. in the group that has been able to take advantage of the space and just expand into it and uh, yeah, prepare for the emergence on the, on the other side. That's, that's pretty cool. So uh, let's say, for example, the apple tree. Now, did you already have an idea of what that medicine is, or did you talk to the tree about what it had to offer? Um, I usually will go online and just type in apple blossom flower essence, and a bunch of sites come up. Mm-hmm. 
And so then I kind of glean from a lot of them. And then I have a file on my computer that I copy and paste into. And then when I give a remedy to a friend, or it's usually a combination of various ones, because I have a, a lot of them. And um, then I'll, I'll write it down, like I'll glean through whatever and I think that might interest them. But I, one of my favorite remedies is Christmas cactus. Hmm. <laughs> and what it does is it removes the ancestral baggage. Ooh. And the one that I use, so here's a little interesting story. Um, my father gave our grandmother a Christmas cactus that was in the bedroom forever. Yeah. And then when she died, your sister had claimed that she, it was to go to her, the Christmas cactus was. And my dad got in a snit and said, oh, no, I gave it to her. It's mine. Uh. <clears throat> but your brother Mike had a start of it, and he gave me a piece of it, which I, I was for years in my bathroom. And then finally I heard feng shui and plants don't belong in the bathroom. Like having so, And it was dying in there anyway. But it grew new roots on its own. So now I have that plant. <laughs> From our ancestry, yeah, that's nice. All the stories there, but it's growing on its own. So that one I really love because we all have ancestral stuff, and I think what a perfect remedy. Yeah, wow, that's fantastic. That's a big deal, I think, in terms of what's going on behind the scenes right now. Yeah, um, is that we have this opportunity to clear the backlog of wounded ancestors who were not loved to the other side who died inside this story about, oh, no, I've lost you, and it's going to be terrible. I mean, you know, all of our crazy trauma, because nobody taught us how to live. Nobody no. taught us how to die. Mm -hmm. um, I've, I've been doing, gosh, since we talked, um, well, I'm, well, I'm not sure what you know, so I'll just, ah. One of the things that I put on my list of, you know, skill sets is I became a funeral celebrant. And I thought that was going to play out a certain way, and it didn't, you know, as things go. What I uh, wanted to bring to the world was this thing I call a centelia celebration, where it's the funeral you have as soon as you cop to the fact that you're going to die. And it works a lot better if you do it consciously and do it well. You know, that good death is not an oxymoron. It's like the goal of life. <laughs> um, and, you know, that kind of got put on hold. But this fear of the only thing we know for sure is going to happen here is what keeps us from living our lives. Wow. And then when you pass to the other side, inside of all that unresolved stuff, well, you just kind of get stuck in a holding pattern mm -hmm. until, well, until we build a bridge of, um, peace basically and then all of that old energy can come back as ancestors and be our helping spirits and i mean it's really interesting that you're you're working with the plants as allies in that i've been working with sound healing with tuning forks i think those are amazing oh, so <laughs> i haven't ordered any yet but oh I, that's very powerful mm -hmm. i used to go to an um acupuncturist who used the tuning forks on the places. 
Yeah. And, and then just, and when she was done, you know, and she was banging it and waving feathers and it was amazing. And then she would put just a few needles in mm -hmm. at, at the end, like maybe six. And then you would lie there and bliss because you've been all tuned up. But, oh, I love that. Yeah. It's taught me so much. I mean, it, it's one of these things that came to me like you always kind of hope things are going to. Essentially, the sky opened up and, you know, life said, here is your next step, Kaylee. It's like, oh, thank you, because I didn't know. And we <laughs> don't know. And this whole raft of new guides came in. It's like every time I do it, I learn more stuff about what's possible. And it's like, really? I can do that? It's like, yeah. Um, so it's dealing, like you were saying about the flower essences on the soul, on the energy level. Exactly. And from the sound healing perspective, this, you know, slippery stuff that we say we don't understand exists in the energy space around your body. It's like, that's where your soul is, you know, exactly. in, this, in this light bubble that is who I really am. And that trauma and the stuck ancestors and all that stuff is energy that can't flow because you know there's a note in there there's a stick stuck in the wheels of your bike that says hey you want to fix this right so it kind of keeps coming up in your face and every time you say "Ooh, no i don't like you and don't fix it it just gets a little nastier and a little nastier and now collectively we're faced with this big nasty that we say i don't want to look at that it's like babe <laughs> i think it's time yeah <laughs> well you know I follow a lot of different astrologers on YouTube and they've been saying for years, 2020, 2020, 2020 is when it all comes down. And it's like, okay, what's, you know, so kind of like we knew something was coming and we didn't know what we had ideas based with Pluto and Capricorn and Saturn and Jupiter and, you know, all of that. We had some ideas, but we never, ever imagined something Huge. I mean, I was listening to Lee Harris the other day, and he was saying that uh, like 190 countries in the world are in lockdown. And that's just like, I don't know that, you know, like none of us do. Yeah. But what, but what Kay Pacha said when he was first talking about the new paradigm, he said, we don't know what it is. We have to create it. Exactly. And so that's what we're doing now. And even when I just go out in my yard or I'm looking right now out of this Japanese maple that I've been pruning and playing with for years. And it's like, that is a view. But when I go out, I'm like, okay, what's going to speak to me now? What, how can I be of service? The other day, when, I, when I, I was in my car, something told me, oh, drive down your street this way instead of the way you usually go. And I ran into a neighbor and we had a lovely chat. And I was like, well, it's kind of so great talking. I said, well, following my intuition, it said, go this way. So it's in very simple ways of tuning in that we are of service and that we're helping. And by not being in a state of panic, um holding that and for other people who are who have lost so much then we still need to be compassionate and understanding and even more so mm. because this is all of us finally yeah. together exactly one way or another yeah it's odd at this time where we're so obviously being moved by the same force 
how kaleidoscopic the view is. I mean, I've been saying for a while, you know, we live inside the stories that we tell. And now it's like, oh, yes, we do. <laughs> and if we're telling different stories, it's like, ah, I mean, yeah. it's gotten pretty volatile where there's a, well, you know, <laughs> that yeah. if, if, if you have different ideas about what the subtext is to why this is happening and what's real and, you know, who can we trust, I mean, the flashpoint is... <laughs> It's like right on the surface, people are, I, what I am sensing is that we've all unconsciously in our souls felt that something's off about this reality for the longest time. Yes. And that's the reason why mental health is at an all time, you know, level of, <laughs> and anxiety is high and suicide and drug addiction and all of the stuff that says this is not working has been at super high levels. Mm -hmm. But we're so traumatized by it that when the possibility comes that things could be different, there's this, like, it's like the zombie response, honestly, where you just say, it's like, no, you know, the, the, well, it's like, it's why abused people stay in abused relationships. It's like the hell that I'm used to is probably not as bad as the hell that could be out there. You know, I'll take my chances with the old world. I'll just stay in my cage and... Well, that's true. And as you know, change, it don't come easy. You know, it really doesn't. And so it's willing <clears throat> to put in the work to change and feeling, overcoming a sense of powerlessness mm -hmm. that so many have. And personally, um, two years ago, we were having a lot of fires up in Canada and here and for two years in a row in 2017, 2018, we had smoke in the city. And it was just kind of this oppressive feeling. And I remember what came to me then, I was so sad because I was like, this is all so unsustainable. Mm -hmm. Everything. And, I, and it, just, it was just this feeling that's like, wow. And then um, now, we're getting to feel like what it is to stop. And uh, David and I were talking this morning and I was saying, well, the one thing about this is it's kind of the end of consumerism. Like you can't even go to Goodwill, you know, even if, you know, it's not like, oh, I don't go to the mall. I don't buy all this stuff, but you know, you can't even go there. So it's like, we're really getting a break mm -hmm. from having to consume what we don't need. And so I think this is really a bottom line kind of there. What have we been consuming? Right. Yeah. And did it make me happier than I am now? Or did it make me change or did it do any good for Yes, exactly. Yeah. 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 Uh, the, the, one of the first things that, you know, I saw when it first started is, wow, we just proved that you can stop the world. Yeah. <laughs> So don't tell me anymore that we can't stop the world because, you know, the economy is so important. It's like, no, the economy, whatever, breathing air is important. Drinking right. water is important. Having a culture that supports us is important. And um, I guess the thing that we're really waiting to see how it unfolds is how we take ownership of writing the story we want to live in on the mm -hmm. other side of this. 
letting go of the old story where, you know, we wait for our masters to tell us what, it, what it's going to be like, and we hope they come up with a better story this time. How do we do that ourselves without violent, bloody revolution, which is just dumb, which is everything that's wrong with the old world? Right. Well, you know, the people that have studied transcendental meditation who have talked about when a certain percentage of people start meditating, the crime rate goes down, you know, mm -hmm. um, domestic violence, those kinds of things. So I think back to feeling powerless, it's like if, if a person decides they want to write a new story, like you say, they're going to have to imagine that and then believe in it. And one of our heroes for this is Greta Thunberg hmm. and how she went into depression, almost died, was getting all, was studying activism and was just feeling hopeless because nothing was changing. And then she finally said, maybe I can do something. And she made her sign and she sat in front of the Swedish parliament and we know the story there. So one girl, one person decided maybe I can do something. Right. And so I think it's understanding that we have that power to do something. And what is it that we're going to do? Mm -hmm. how, how are we going to contribute to this changing? And we don't contribute to it by changing, by complaining about it. Or I don't like this. I don't like that. That person's blah, blah. It's like, yeah, we all know that stuff. We can see that. <laughs> Duh. But what are you going to do about it? What, and it, it doesn't have to, it can be very simple. And yeah, so, I, I would say that the steps you were talking about before, like, the good news is that we don't have to provide the power source. No. That's, that's, you know, all of us together. That's guy. We are responsible for listening to the voice of guidance on demand and taking that one simple step. Go the other way down your alley. You know, that who knows how many things precipitate out from that. We don't have to know. Mm -mm. We just have to know that we're in integrity in the mm -hmm. present and the thing will take care of itself, which is kind of the opposite of what we were taught. Yeah, it's that concept of being versus doing. Mm -hmm. And that takes a bit of contemplation to actually break that down. And um, one of the things that's come my way recently is um, the Taoist concept of Wu Wei, yeah. which is effortless action. And so that's one of the places I'm focusing, you know, when I notice the apple blossoms or the white clover, it's effortless to do that. And then there's an action. Well, you're going to make a flower essence now, <laughs> right? Yeah. And, and so, but I really love that concept and I want to dive in a little deeper mm -hmm. that because it's simple. Yeah, that's been a guiding principle for me too. The, the way it came to me is, um, I think of it as the quantum yin. <laughs> that, uh, that, that we have learned that power is when you strong arm something and make it happen. It's like, but that's one kind of power. And we know that the good thing about living in a dualistic universe is that there are two powers at force and they're equally powerful. So this yin thing that allows good stuff to happen um, 
there's such a lack of it in the world that it's become this superpower. So when you develop any kind of ability to let the goodness happen, I mean, suddenly you've greased the tracks in front of, you know, the love train and mm -hmm. amazing things start to happen. It's true. And it's, it's like so much has been hidden mm -hmm. and if something's hidden, then you kind of have to have a curious sort of a mind, a little bit of adventure, some spirit. Um, I was thinking the other day about how when you follow your own path, you know, you're going to meet a lot of, it's going to intersect, you're going to good forces. But when you follow your own path and trust, that's the other big thing, trust, self-trust. Yeah. Self-trust comes from doing that. You know, and it just like it started very simply for me. I was reading a book about intuition years ago and it was kind of like, just do it. So I do when I get in my car, I'm like, which way should I go? Mm -hmm. I always go the same way. I have plenty of options when I'm going south, leaving my house, which street to go down. And I just go down this way. Okay, go that way. And I never know why. And then get to the next corner. Hmm, should I turn over there? And it's just a fun thing to be checking in with yourself all the time. Mm -hmm. Like that. And that's, so that's how you gain that skill is by practicing it and practicing it in very simple ways. Yeah. And the very first time I ever had something like that happen to me, um, I was in Oregon and I had a Volkswagen bug and I was getting out of the car and, and I heard this voice that said, if you do that, you're going to lock the keys in the car. And I was like, what? Slam the door. Sure enough, there were the keys sitting in the car. And in those days, uh, cars had wing windows. Yeah. So, so to open up that, you just had to get a screwdriver and wiggle it a little bit. But I thought, if I ever hear that voice again, I'm paying attention. Right. Right. <laughs> right? I had like a training program like that, too. Uh, <laughs> I, I learned that when I realized... Like, you know, the voice that said, it's like, don't hang up your laundry right now because it's going to rain. It's like, oh, yeah, whatever. It's like, <laughs> so, you know, to hang on to those moments, not as a reason to beat yourself up, but as a confirmation that, yeah, I do hear. Exactly. The, the truth is talking to me and I can get better at this. Yeah. And so, and especially, it's like you, you gain self-trust from that. And then it's not always the voice. It's more just like a little hint. You can always ask yourself a yes or no question. Mm -hmm. And some people will do that, you know, with spinning. A yeah, they'll do it that way. Or you can just hold your body and your body, if it's yes, will just, for me anyway, will just move a little bit forward. Mm -hmm. And then if it's no, it's like a little bit. So we have all these tools. Let's use them. Right. You know, let's discover them and use them. And that's that childlike mindset too that's very important like you were saying earlier about you didn't know how something was going to turn out you felt the, the call to do something and you did it and it's still in you and you practice that and it's there it didn't turn out the way you wanted but you don't regret doing that because, oh, no. yeah see because you were trusting and following yourself yeah Exactly. Yeah, the crazy thing is that all came together in a way I could never have anticipated. Um, when the world is open, <laughs> I do a haunted Sarasota trolley tour. 
<laughs> so I get to use all my theater skills and it's like a cabaret performance on wheels, but we go around and, you know, visit these places where people have said that they encounter the spirits of people who don't have bodies anymore. And it becomes this platform where I can talk about a good death and, you know, how do you want to spend eternity? And it's like, I want my ghost to be dancing like those Indian ghosts are. And, you know, all the things I couldn't figure out how to do. And people, people pay me to talk about death. Bam! There you go. See, you'll find your audience. That's awesome. Exactly. It will work. You know, I'd like to circle around to something else. Um, back to the beginning with the flower essences mm -hmm. and this whole idea of energetic medicine. Yeah. Um, I think it's, it's super relevant right now because I'm looking back at the Spanish flu mm -hmm. and what we did or did not learn <laughs> from the last time we did this drill. And it's really interesting. Several things came to mind. One is that the, that time, New York had the lowest mortality rate in the nation because they had three homeopathic hospitals. Oh, there you go. Where people were treated with the old ways. This, and, 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 and you know, uh, materialistic thinkers will say, you know, homeopathy is just, just dumb. That's woo-woo. Well, it's wu-wei is what it is. <laughs> that, that this truth that physics is coming back around to, that it's really much more effective to apply the energetic essence of something. And that way you avoid, you know, trying to move all your cells in the chemistry. That's the hard way around. Yeah. Um, I think it will be very interesting to see what comes out I know that I've read very little because there hasn't been much put out, but in China, they were using traditional Chinese medicine mm -hmm. and their death rate was a lot lower. And in Germany, I know they practice, they have apothecaries in Germany. So you can go in and get homeopathic herbal medicine. I don't know if we'll get information about that, but I'm curious about that. Well, it's crazy. That's all being censored, like actively yeah. censored, which just blows my mind. Well, again, um, we could go on a little tangent about our sick care system, but we won't. Nah, there's plenty <laughs> of information about that out there. Yeah. But um, self-care, mm -hmm. Her herbal medicine. So um, something popped up on my Facebook news feed. Um, I think it's called the Long lost book of herbal medicine. And she popped up a little thing about lemon balm. Now I have, a, if you've ever grown lemon balm, it seems like crazy. So I have a lot of it out here and I know it's good for you, but I mean, I don't have time to really study how good, I know it's also good for the heart. Mm -hmm. And she was saying that it's um, good for, it's antibacterial it's antifungal and it's anti-inflammatory. So what did I do? I went out today, even though it's raining because it's going in liquid, baked a bunch of lemon balm and um, put my tequila over it. And I'm gonna do that every month now when the moon, because it's in Virgo today, so that just happened. Virgo's a very healing sign. So I thought, okay, every month now through July, because that's summer, and that'll get us prepared. Um, and the other thing that I heard about herbs, and I do this with my flower essences too, I was 
schooled in the tradition of like you make a tincture and then it can sit there forever because it's preserved in alcohol. Mm. And Stephen Buhner in one of his books, I have a lot of his books, he's my favorite herbalist and author. And he said that the plants are evolving with us. Mm. So when I heard that, I took that to mean that my flower essences and my herbal tinctures and plants I harvest should be used in the year they're grown or until they grow again. Because if they are evolving with us, I don't want three-year-old stuff. Like somebody made lemon balm tincture two years ago and it's sitting there. We need the stuff that's making now with, with what we have to face with the, with the bacterias and the viruses and those things. So that's another thing. That makes a lot of sense. Doesn't it? That the yeah. plants are evolving with us. So they're making the medicines that we need for us. Because that's what they do. Yeah, that's their job. They're, they're not here for um, no reason. One of the things Stephen Buhner talks, he's done a lot of work on Lyme disease. Like if someone has Lyme disease, you want to Google Stephen Buhner and you'll get a lot of information. But he said that Japanese knotweed, which is an invasive species, and it, it's useful for COVID, it's very useful for Lyme disease. He said it showed up in Connecticut just showed up about six months before Lyme disease was diagnosed. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think so, that's one of the rules we need to remember that yeah. here, here in this matrix of manifestation, in this, in this Gaia consciousness, mm -hmm. the answer is always present within the challenge. That's yeah. just one of the rules that's never going to change. So it's we don't have to wonder point. what to do. The, the very, the, the puzzle that is presented to us has to contain the solution within it. It's just how it works. Yeah, and that's such a good point that we're not in charge, but we can be of use and of service. That's nice. And I, I like that a lot. And uh, when you understand that we're all connected and you know the higher powers, they're all around. I mean, it's just connecting to it, plugging in. Mm -hmm and letting the stuff go that doesn't serve. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I find that's, that's the place that, um, well, our culture certainly gets stuck, you know, and to the extent that we're attached to the cultural story, we get stuck there, is we're really, really good at telling stories about what's wrong. Yes. We can fill libraries with, you know, the reason why and who did what to who and who's going to get their comeuppance when justice is served. And none of that gets us to the place we want to be. No, it, it doesn't. It doesn't serve. And, you know, I can remember a former version of myself that used to say, oh, I get so mad. Oh, that makes me mad. And then find a friend to go at whatever made us mad for a good long time it's like wow that's such a great thing when that leaves yeah you know not having to get involved in drama or conflict it just goes away i mean it really goes away when you stop practicing that yeah yeah which is it's and that's a key word they're practicing yeah you know is that we we're learning a new skill Mm -hmm. And you got to cut yourself some slack for not being a master of it the first day. 
it takes a while. It does take a while. <laughs> you know, and, and I don't get angry anymore. I get triggered by other people's egos now and then. I mean, I don't engage. Sometimes I kind of want to. But, you know, afterwards, I'm kind of like, why does that get me? And it's like, oh, it's their ego is triggering me. Mm -hmm. And so then I'm blaming them. But I mean, whatever is going on, it's a trigger. Yeah. And so learning to observe that and how does that feel? And do I want to do that anymore? And but but putting a label on it by being able to say, okay, I'm being triggered. Okay, that's my ego and their ego going at it. And so then it's like learning to drop that. Think of that person as without that, the skills of learning to see them in a higher place. Like maybe that's why we're having the interaction anyway. They're giving me an opportunity to practice some my new skills right. by letting it go. And not going, uh, they did this, they said that. So that's, that's, we can use everything as a tool to practice our skills. You know, we, I mean, you, in the word tool, you and I talked several years when we were saying we have tools now. We didn't right. used to have tools. Yeah, it's true. So people that are frustrated and angry, they don't, they're not practicing their tools. And they're not learning new skills. Mm -hmm. And that old stuff is just spinning them around. That's a hard place to be in. It is, and it's a it's a hard place to um, to move people out of. Yes, it, it's been really important for me to just realize that's not my job. I mean, it's it, that's a tough one <laughs> when you have this feeling that's like I'm here to save the world and bring the <laughs> truth, and but why can't I save you? Uh, and everybody this is what I came to is truly everybody is where they're supposed to be. And everybody is connected to their divine source. And we don't know what, what it is that their soul is working out. Mm -hmm. we, don't, we don't know their story. We don't know what kind of um, evolution they're going to go through by being in a difficult place. Are you familiar, familiar with Paul Selig? Paul Selig? I'm not sure. He's a channeler. Oh, okay. And, I don't think so. Yeah. I'm usually not in that camp, but a friend that um, invited me to hear him speak. And I thought, well, I better, and I had a couple months. This is like, she invited me in January. So I got a couple of his books and I got to go hear him speak. But one of his things is really like, we can lift each other up. You can't save them, but you can see them in a higher place. Right. Right. And then we're not doing anything. We're just helping to say, okay, I see this person as a divine being too. Mm -hmm. And then that, that, that's where you, we do our part. That, that's all we do. We can't save them, but we can lift them up. Yeah. I, I've been working with that kind of version of it um, quite a bit. And what I came to is that when, you know, when somebody sets off a, sets off a landmine in my soul <laughs> working with, okay, it's like given what I say that I know, and now it's time to practice. That's me talking to me. That's my stuff or I wouldn't see it. 
I wouldn't right. have to be presented with anything that I don't like unless it was still living inside me somewhere. So first of all, thank yeah. you. Thank you for agreeing to be my devil because that's not a good role. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And now forgiveness becomes real important because it's myself I'm setting free. Right. Yeah. And, and I realize that when I'm holding somebody in this version of the story that says they have the power to be the bad guy, I am holding them there. Exactly. If they're living in my story. In my story, they're a jerk. I did that. Yeah. And what does that make me? It's like, oh, man. Oh. <laughs> well, it's good you can laugh about it and be gentle with yourself because it is. And that's awareness. That's how awareness grows. You know, you become aware of like, ah, uh, okay, I get it. <laughs> I, I don't really need to keep doing this. Maybe yeah. I should go wash the dishes. <laughs> <laughs> no. And that's, you know, finding those things that once you catch yourself like that, you know, is letting it go. Yeah. I amaze myself sometimes like how hard it is to let go. It's like, I'll have a little train going in my head about something and then it's like, let it go. It's like, what? It's like, how? <laughs> it's like, let yeah. it go. You know, you, you hit on something real important there. And I think that's one of the places we get stuck because our language isn't quite right yet. Because that, that's not actually what we do is let it go. Mm -mm. We do something different. We hang on, we grab onto something else. We grab onto something better. And when I'm reaching for something that's beautiful and nourishing and life-giving and that, that works for all of us, that moves toward Gaia and away from hell, well, then I don't have to think about letting it go. I let something better happen. Oh, that's nice. And I put it into um, um, well, a phrase, you know, kind of words of power. Um, I am letting goodness flow. Nice. That, that expresses this whole yin power revolution, the return of the goddess. What is it that I do when I surrender? You know, I am letting goodness flow. And um, it's really helped a lot. And that's back to that yin quality that you were talking about. Connecting in allowing it to flow because that is the principle of the yin is it flows yeah so that's thank you that's really good letting goodness flow <laughs> yeah i am letting goodness flow when i do uh, my sound healing i give people a little prescription at the end you know a little kind of affirmation to take home and um the way that i think about kind of the fundamental change that we're learning how to make is all of the problems that we've been going through ultimately are the result of the simplest little coding error because we are talking to the matrix of manifestation about what we do not want and the only thing it can do is give us what we said we do not want so that we can make it go away it's like that old star trek episode you know where they go to the pleasure planet and all hell breaks loose it's like guys don't you know how it works here um, but we don't we got the wrong message so it's that that retraining program um, process that we were talking about is phrase by phrase thought by thought translating from this not speak to yes and and the first thing is to say yes to whatever is happening. It's like, yes, 
things are in a big mess. It's like, yes, I feel like the devil is living inside of me. It's like, yes, you know, whatever it is that you want to say, ah, it's like, yes, it is here. Yes, it is. But the thing is, because I commit to the yes part, to that yin power, I get to go to step two, which is and. And that's my yang power, my true, sacred, clean, masculine yang power. And I am letting goodness flow. There you go. And it just, yeah, it, it works. And there's the, the action, too, in the and. And. Right. I'm going to make the connection with these two. These two different forces within yep. myself. Yeah, and when they're connected, then the machine's turned on and good stuff can happen. Yeah. The code, the coding thing that that struck something, I don't know what, but I have to I'll have to cogitate on that. Yeah, give it a good chew. Yeah, it's good because <laughs> you know we are actually with every thought, with everything we do, we are just creating that code. Yeah. So yeah, breaking the code of where we don't want to be but you have to say yes to it. <laughs> I like that. Exactly, that's the key. That, that it, to me, that is the quantum yin. That's what, you know, that image of Quan Yin riding the dragon with a little vial in her hand. Well, what I imagine is in that vial, I call it that which is needed, you know, the panacea. It's what she harvested from her experience of facing the beast within, of slaying her own dragon by making friends with it. And um, it's yes, it's the power of yes. You know, she said, yes, there's a big scary dragon in the room with me. What are we going to do about that dragon? And, you know, next thing you know, she's on top of it and it's taking her wherever she wants to go. And there's healing for the world. I like it as a role model. Oh, that's awesome. It's a powerful one. It suits you too. Riding <laughs> <laughs> the dragon. That's great. Yeah. I got my, I got my. One of the last things I ordered from China before they closed the world down. It's a golden, golden dragon. Been reclaiming that. Nice. Oh, beautiful. Nice. It's like all the stuff we've been taught is horrible and scary. Turns out to be the stuff we need to get us where we're going. Yeah. And I think that's why a lot of people are having a hard time with this because we haven't wanted to really do anything about the um, inequalities that are going on all over the world, um, the hunger that goes on, the devastation of our planet. You know, we haven't wanted to. We didn't know we could. Mm -hmm. And we haven't been able to stop. So we stop. Yeah. And we don't know how to stop, obviously. Yeah, but, but that was taken care of for us. I mean, what a gift. Yeah. Totally, yes. <laughs> we'll say and, yes. And I look at that, it's like no matter who, you know, might have done what behind the scenes, it's like even if some crazy physical world enemy created this in a lab to kill us, that's still Gaia. It's still that's Gaia. still Gaia. And as second it was released into the atmosphere, well, then she got total control. And right. since we are her, it's like every, I think mean, like that's why, you know, the death tolls are really not what they were telling us they could have been. The second it was in the air, all of that beautiful intention that we created together to end up in the beautiful world, it just starts mutating weaker and weaker 
and simpler and simpler. And somewhere in that little energy complex, which I mean, information complex, which is what a virus is, it's an information delivery system. Yeah. Somewhere in there are the codes that we need to get where we want to go. Oh, that's interesting. So it's already in there. That's amazing. Yeah, like we said that, right? The solution is always in the problem. Wow. That's really great. That's a great visualization, too, of imagining it getting weaker mm-hmm. rather than following the stuff we're hearing about. Oh, it's going to come back in the fall like the Spanish flu did and be really terrible. Mm-hmm. Right? That's yeah. the narrative that we're getting now. Be afraid now, but be really scared. Be really afraid, yeah. In yeah. A months. And there isn't anything you can do. Exactly. Because you're powerless and you don't have an immune system. That was a fairy tale. Yeah. Yeah. And you're all alone. Yeah. I don't, I don't like the way people are being whipped into a frenzy. Interesting thing though, back to the Spanish flu is that in hindsight, you know, hindsight is 2020. Uh, and there's been a lot of time to look back on that. Medical professionals have discovered that a whole lot of people actually died from aspirin poisoning. Really? They uh, were giving people the equivalent of 20 to 50 aspirin tablets a day to knock out the fever. You know, fever being what nature gives you to kill the virus, and it's really good at killing a virus with fever. I mean, that's a suicide dose of aspirin. And the symptoms of the Spanish flu were bleeding in the lungs, which is what aspirin does. Interesting. Wow. Now, there's a lot we could learn if we go back and look at that. I mean, the parallels are spooky. You know, and one of them is that when you keep people locked in their houses for however many months, well, their immune system gets weaker and weaker. So no duh, when you come back out, you get sick. Yeah, well, that makes sense. So, oh, wow. Aspirin. Yeah, gives you pause, you know, and the ones who totally rocked it were the ones who relied on the power of nature, who had already provided the solution. So they were using herbal medicine. It was shortly after that that herbal medicine and homeopathy were taken out of medical schools. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It w- it was part of what doctors learned up to that point. It was, and and it was totally successful. And then it was taken out. It's like we're not going to go there. But you know, these are the kind of things you can chew on in your in your spare time. I, I find that the why questions always point to something dark and depressing and old story and get you stuck in it. And, and it's a lot more powerful to focus on where, where is this happening? It's happening in Gaia. Yeah, that's great. And that, yeah, the dark stories, um, anybody, any information that comes my way, I used to kind of enjoy a little conspiracy theory stuff. Mm-hmm. And now I'm just kind of like, nah, I can't be of two minds anymore and so anything that comes my way that's like no i mean i'm not gonna say it's not true i'm just not going there that's a piece of information i might file away back somewhere if i need it but i don't get worked up about it or pursue it yeah i don't think it helps there's somebody who i used to well yeah it doesn't help no, it doesn't. There's somebody who I, I respect quite a bit as a, as a seer and a, you know, channeler, intuitive, whatever, um, who I've been following for quite a few years now and has had insights that, you know, blew the world open for me. And she's really kind of gone down a rabbit hole with the whole dark agenda 3D thing. Mm-hmm. And I just was like, oh, how long has it been since she uh, actually brought forth the message from the guides? 
you know, it's all, this is what I'm scared of. This is what you should be scared of. This is, and you know, I mean, thank you for setting the example of what will happen to me if I keep going down that rabbit hole. Yeah. <laughs> thank you. Yeah. Um, that's a great way of putting it. And it just like, it's like, I oh, can do it. It's just, it's not of any value at this point. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, if and when that second shoe drops and big dark stuff turns out to be true, our job is going to be the same. Let goodness happen and forgive, 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 forgive. Exactly. Because to get stirred up by it or let that feed the fire is not going to help anything. Right. So, yeah, that's very powerful to stay, stay out of the dark side. <laughs> <laughs> Give me your hate. <laughs> Exactly. Oh, how lovely to catch up with you. Oh, it's been great. I was so excited when you asked me if I could chat with you today. And I had a moment and it's rainy outside, so I didn't feel like I had a lot of projects. So this is awesome. Perfect. Do you have any parting thoughts you'd like to share? Any prayers or declarations or whatever stirs your heart? Well, my parting words to almost everybody right now, um, whether it's the male person or anybody I see, is just be strong, be safe. You know, I just think it needs to be simple. Mm -hmm. You know, that's where we all need to be. And taking care of ourselves so that we do feel that, so then we can pass that on. Mm -hmm. You know, we need to be strong now. We need to take self-care. We need to trust ourselves. And we need to, um, I kind of think, enjoy the ride. This is awesome. Yeah. I like that. That's, that's what I come down to is this is, this is a once in many lifetimes ride that we're on. And, and we've been preparing for this, Kayleen. Come on. Exactly. Uh, right. I realized right. what all yeah. my tools were for. It's like, oh, now's the time. <laughs> Yeah, and, and so the gratitude for that, that we have had some preparation and we do get to be our full selves in whatever way we're called to now. So yeah. I think we should enjoy the ride. I love it. I think that's a great place to, great place to stop. That's perfect. Well, let's, do, let's chat again and let's keep in touch because it's Absolutely. great to see you. Yeah, you too. Blood. Yeah. <laughs> Bye. Thanks.